You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rishchod So Yes, it's the day after Lag Boimer, Erev Shabbos. And I'm here with the Utsina Kedisha, the Nahoira of Klal Yisrael, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofer. Um, as we both of us are friends, are still in the or Agonus and or Ameyer of 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 Chachmas that is celebrated by Lagba Imer, our our minds are elevated and tingling with Haoris and Yesodis, and it seems like there's more tire than ever being learned. The the whether it's whether it's Chachmas Hanister or Chachmas Hanigla, the 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 amount of yeshivas and our Torah and and articles Yachunim Torah online. Incredible. But if it sounds, though, Rabbi Yosef, from what you're writing to me, that the alarm bells are being sound, that there's a there's an attack against the Mohus of Teira in America especially. And that is, uh, we're hearing again um, that the attempts by New York State to impose certain uh, basic uh, uh, core amounts of the Murichol are really not just some sort of, you know, perhaps not completely thought out program against some chassidish yeshivas, but it's really, according to what you have uh, been ex- discovered, it's really the insidious head of a hydra-like monster that began perhaps with Shabzai Tzvi himself. So why don't you take it from there as I've laid, I've, I've set the table for you. Okay, thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction, as usual. Um, the uh, uh, I was uh, uh, sent uh, a notice, a poster uh, that uh, which warns us as follows. We are all in danger together. The threat to our Shivas is only one facet of an evil United Nations World Health Organization plan against Orthodox Judaism and religion in general. Join us here from educator Rabbi Jonathan Rieti and researcher James Raguski. And the uh, link for that um, event was tinyurl.com at Amolik's Agenda 2022. So uh, now that we have uh, down path, who Amolik is in our generation, United Nations and the World Health Organization. So uh, we can be uh, uh, staggered by the fact that there are actually people who are considered to be uh, respected members of our community by Rabbi Rieti. James Roguski is not a member of our community. He's known as a uh, uh, right-wing conspiracy crackpot uh, that uh, the, uh, the United Nations and the World Health Organization are out to destroy Orthodox Judaism. And uh, basically- I was very taken back by that as well. That you know, I've met Jonathan and uh, I was struck by how measured he was, how classy and uh, um, effective he was in giving over things. I never got the sense that he was 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 that uh, much of an alarmist. Uh, you, of course, uh, in preparation, as you always do, um, the immense preparation you do for these programs, uh, which is all part of your learning schedule, you listened to Jonathan Rietti here? Did you listen to it? I listened to bits and pieces. My wife listened to all of it. I and, see. Uh, it's, and, and um, what is the Rebbitson and what what is your and the Rebbitson's feeling about it? Dismay. Can I ask your wife to listen to all of our programs? Does she listen to Rietti? Why isn't she listening to Rizka Daraisa? I don't know. That's her. 
Um, but go on, what, what was your wife and your opinion? Well, there's, there, there, there's a synopsis online, which is quite brief, and it's worth reading here. Uh, I, I don't believe in synopsis. I, as, as, a, as a professional synopsis writer, I can tell you that they, a lot of times they leave out the heart and the nuance that you get from the actual speaker. But what was the, I'll, I'll go with the synopsis. What was the synopsis? That uh, the, uh, the core curriculum involving education for even little children in unspeakable things is being um, implemented in approximately 193 countries worldwide simultaneously because this is coming from the UN. As things that were implemented, being implemented, were set forth in the 1940s by Alice Bailey and are foundational to the UN. They aim to destroy the traditional family and rip people away from Hashem, Chas, and Shalom. And also, the World Health Organization is uh, uh, trying to uh, take over the control of health in the entire world. And therefore, they are trying to um, insert themselves and be able to declare any country there is a pandemic or epidemic, and then immediately to change the education system in order to enhance the health of that country. And therefore, the WHO also is a tool of this uh, conspiracy to destroy Orthodox Judaism and religion in general. And uh, Do you think this is going to get mileage, by the way? I know you're in your shuffling mode here, and um, you know, I, I know this is... Uh, you know, you're getting riled up, but do you really believe that this, I mean, we're surprised Rieti has joined, but do you really believe that this is going to have some traction? Well, if not, if Taramasora is threatening out, uh, sending out uh, to all its uh, 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 institutions, which were going along with it, uh, dire warnings about the future of Chenechen Kaisrael as a result of New York State, um, New York State's uh, suggestion that There'll be some in the oh, we're sort of, New York State is sort of the Mississippi vis-a-vis uh, -vis abortion. In other words, the same way if it could happen in New York State, it's going to start happening in all the enclaves where uh, Jewish learning is going on, and it's going to um, it's going the the hand of the government is is not going to stop where it is, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So all this is new with the the, uh, the from world being uh, uh, having a new. Um, and uh, not in, not not in sympathy with the from world, but the from world having this new uh, boogeyman to end all threats, uh, Yafet, which is uh, the uh, uh, words, which which we know is really you know it's it, that itself is really such an amazing story. This Yafed, um, uh, where you have but you have this boy who had been um, who had been gone off. We would say gone off the derech. Someone who uh, did not was not uh, given, a, I guess, the proper schooling, the proper chinuch, the proper hadrocha, who had a very negative experience and was part of, uh, as we know, the, the galechter that is supposedly the lemude chol of the yeshivas in New York. Well, well, well first of all, he went to Hasidish yeshiva. And besides that, it's, there is no lemude That's chol. what I meant. I meant the Hasidish yeshivas, yeah. I didn't mean to uh, paint with this tarnished, to tarnish all yeshivas. Um, but this fellow was a, uh, went to these chassidish schools that we know, uh, as someone who's taught in those schools, I can tell you what's going on in the Mamude Echol department there. Um, and, uh, and my colleagues that were part of them as well, because I, I was teaching for Title I in New York City. So many of the people that I uh, studied with and, and was involved in were teaching in these type of schools. So I know what the regular curriculums were. 
and how they were being run. And and there were definitely part, there, it wasn't all of them, but some of those schools, it was, uh, and it clearly has gotten better, but for years it was just a way, a fiction. It was a fiction to allow uh, public funds to keep on supporting the school, whether it had to do with lunch, lunches or other sorts of services that New York City was giving. But really the amount that these kids were studying, uh, the basic knowledge of English or math or any of the higher sciences was, was close to nothing. So this fellow created his, uh, his, his organization uh, to expose this and to help new, new generations of Orthodox kids, Hasidic kids, and Orthodoxy in general, to have what he felt was the proper secular education to be a productive member of society. The focus was on high schools, uh, which uh, none of them give um, any Nimurejol, to the best of my knowledge. Um, so it wasn't the elementary schools, that it was yeah. the high schools. Uh, because, and, and, and here we know, of course, one of our favorite subjects that we talk about, of course, is Chabad. And Chabad is militantly, uh, has, has uh, stood up against any sort of inclusion of the Nimurejol in their in, in their masiftis. we know that, um, and they've been pretty successful, and they are pretty good politicians too. I'm, I'm wondering how they're they're handling it. But let's put that aside for a second. The point is is that this organization uh, was making a lot of noise and was extremely successful considering their small numbers. And before COVID, uh, this was considered Xeris Hamasiavnim. The Aguda said there should be Yom Tainis Kloli. I remember. When it was Shavasar, it was Asar Betevis that we were supposed to say special slichas for these gzeiras. Then COVID, of course, changed everything. But now I think from listening to what you're saying, and I say this totally from you know my armchair here at uh, at the incredible Abel's and Hyman um, uh, factory, um, that it sounds like now we're conflating the like you say the boogeyman monster COVID uh, restrictor with the uh, with the ones that want to insert Lemurechol and all the yeshivas. Now it's all coming together because there's been so much resentment built up over the last couple of years, for either by because of mask mandates and other things. So now it's all. It sounds like it's all melded together into well, this. That's true. But the, before we talk about the schools in general, or the schools specifically, I want to point out there are two nukleus here. First of all, if you want to, the schools are an issue in and of itself, which I it's beyond my capacity to understand. The, the term, the drive against the so quote unquote Zera, maybe we'll have some insight. But this thing to connect it to the UN and WHO is insanity. And it's so embarrassing. And it fails the Rak Am Chacham in the extreme uh, to actually, I think that the UN has a concerted effort to do anything against Amisol, against religion. UN is a bumbling organization which doesn't accomplish very much at all. It certainly doesn't doesn't have the wherewithal does WHO to affect individual countries. They're not going to go into Saudi Arabia and impose the core curriculum there. Not going to go to Iran and impose the core curriculum there. You know that's this is absurd. The whole thing is absurd. It, it, it doesn't seem to be even relegated as part of their mandate to care about what sort of studies are going on. No, what they want is they want people that they make they pay lip service to everybody's education in the entire world, which is of course true. 
And then they say, okay. Because they believe, because the argument, I guess, is, and I didn't read the statement, is that the more educated a population is, the more they will, the longer they will live, the greater understanding they have of the health risks of society. uh, And and, and the more they're going to exercise, the more they're going to be productive. And therefore, therefore, in a way, it is under the purview of the World Health Organization. But um, it, it sounds fanciful. I did glance a little bit. I know you wanted me to do my homework tonight, uh, last night. Uh, I apologize for not doing it, but I did read a little bit skimming this uh, Agudas Anche Emes uh, website that you sent me. Uh, Baruch Weiss um, writes a a fanciful um, history of how Haskola, which is to him, you know, really it's a, it's basically on Gershon Sholem's um, theories about where how Ascola developed, that Ascola was really a byproduct of Sabbatean, Sabbatean heresy, that it's really the other side of it. And they both represent these incredible energies of trying to change things. So basically, and, and there's a lot of misinformation and conflation, but basically from the horror of Shabzai Tzvi and all the antinomian um, types of uh, ugly uh, actions that, that were obviously Kfira Gamura uh, arose uh, Jacob Frank and then Haskola and it's all the same thing and now we thought the Haskola movement is basically just something to give courses about that uh, but now no it's really the same energies are rearing their head and we should be extremely afraid despite the amount of yeshivas despite the amount of learning and as I think we've said in private conversations even the amount of yeshivas that were getting the um, fine comb treatment from the New York City investigators was a small percentage, not even all the Chesidish yeshivas. And, and yet, I think as you pointed out to me in a previous conversation, everybody ran uh, to the defense, even the yeshivas and the Rosh Hashivas of institutions that were learning quite a bit of Amudechol and whose graduates, when they decided to leave yeshiva, were actually doing great on their SATs and becoming nice, productive members of society. Why don't you talk a little bit about that phenomenon? Right, so the real term, the terms are uh, missive. There are a few, there are six points, each of which are uh, are very disturbing. Num- number one, not, New York State does not recognize the educational value of Limude Kodesh. It's not true. They don't see it as equivalent to Limude Echol. You don't, it's not the same thing as saying there's no value to them, but you're, they're saying that, okay, it doesn't actually teach chemistry or mathematics or uh, in, in reading and writing. That's not saying they don't value them. Number two, New York State opens the door. Obviously, there's a deal here because this is not what's happening. But education bureaucrats impose curricular requirements that are antithetical to our values and way of life. New York State has no desire to impose curricular requirements on the yeshivas. They want the yeshivas to, if yeshiva gives regents, they're not, New York State is perfectly happy. They're not concerned coming in to change anything. If yeshivas are, are assessed, and they're giving an equivalent education. New York State doesn't care. The, the, the Tormasora could theoretically create their own assessment organization and assess the yeshivas. That's not the issue. New York State empowers number three. New York State empowers local school boards to evaluate the faculty and curriculum at, at our yeshivas. I don't know anything about that. That's not anywhere in the Gazera. It doesn't make. It doesn't sound correct either. Because yeah. what would what would be the the authority of a local school board to insert itself into a private school, that it's yes. not, nothing to do with public funds, really, unless, 
again, the boogie is, I want to call it, the, the problem here is, is that there are amounts of public funding, even going to the private schooling. And I think that's, that's where our friends in Satmar sort of understand that that is, that's where the connection allows some sort of control because there's some sort of money, whether right, it's- Right, there's lots of money going for busing and things like that. I mean. Yeah. So, you know, in Muncie, when I got to Muncie, there were no, no yeshivas had their own buses. Now, every Tom, Dick, and Harry yeshiva, Moisad has its own buses. Obviously, there's a reason for that. So, um, there is there's a lot of money involved, I'm sure. Right, and again, the arguments have been made by people who've been paying huge property taxes and other things that these services need to be rendered. That, and that was a great inequity that you had people moving into homes, whether it's on Zabriskie Place or other places in Muncie, uh, upping the property value, paying thousands and thousands of dollars in property taxes, and not receiving even you know a modicum of benefits in an educational way, I think it opened the door to some legislation in Albany, or wherever it was, that allowed these funds to now uh, accrue to the schools. They can now get their own buses. Unfortunately, everything comes with a price. And that price is, that's the hook that allows statements like this to have some legitimacy. Okay, go on. What's the other points that we were talking number, about? Number four is New York State allows anyone who claims they have a grievance, even if they did not attend the school, I guess that means Yafed, the challenge of finding that a school meets the government standards. I'm not sure why that's so terrible. It's usually called a uh, whistleblower. If it's a legitimate grievance, it's a legitimate grievance. Not a legitimate grievance, not a legitimate grievance. Um, I guess they want their the schools to be completely closed to any outside criticism of any sort. Maybe with that school, it only means, an interesting it only means children in the school theoretically could get, file a grievance. Should be able to file a grievance in New York State. Okay, this is an interesting legal question. It's similar to the Texas abortion issue about who can file against who and et cetera. So it's that I think you need to speak to legal people. You know, can you? Decide because you're no, but it's absurd to say anybody do not even they not attend the school. Let me attend the school. Attend the school means the children in the school. They don't <laughs> want the children's school to be able to file grievances. Yeah. Okay. What else? Number five. New York State requires school boards to direct yeshiva parents to move their children to another school because the board believes the child's school, the child's yeshiva, is not substantially equivalent. Uh, that hasn't happened, obviously, because nobody they haven't directed anybody to move yet. Uh, this is the legislation may say that at some point, but you know the point is you want to avoid your school being equivalent. But that's the law; it's still a law already that's supposed to be substantially equivalent. Okay, number six: New York State considers students in non-equivalent schools truant. Penalties to parents can even include jail time. So th- that was the last point. So all th- I ask you: what you know in uh, what is the craziness which lead, which is causing a massive, massive campaign in Kal Yisrael to come to the aid of these few Hasidic yeshivas? With the few Hasidic yeshivas, which we know, in fact, that they're they don't produce uh, uh, alumni who can really speak English. Probably the alumni have very, very rudimentary knowledge of math or history, anything of that sort. The yeshivas, which give regents, which so far is the overwhelming majority, 
are we still age, are we still in 10th grade, which I believe is in a compulsory education? What, 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 what's going on? What's happening? Yeah, so, so in other words, you are saying that, uh, you know, that what we should do is cut these guys loose and say, look, we are, uh, we are in compliance um, and you should follow our model. And if not, do whatever you can to shield yourself legally from that type of, but to call a clarion call of Shmad sounds like an extreme overreaction and it paints an unrealistic uh, and maybe even an, a dangerous picture of Tarah to people out there who are trying to start a Tarah school in Houston and Detroit and other places. When people say Tarah look what they wrote over here, right? Tarah right. has always been able, as an out-of-town boy, I can tell you that was, look, I sat in a Tarah classroom and all the educational material had that little Tarah uh, logo there. Uh, and that was a school that had, uh, we had Lamude Chol up to the wazoo, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and as Ravnata said, you didn't come out so bad, right? <laughs> when I told him this about wanting to go to a different, my kids going to a different school. So this sounds like so, so, so Northeast uh, ostrich head in the sand that I think it has a, I think it's, it, it has a, it's going to alienate many people who, who believe in what Tarmasar has done, the incredible work Tarmasar has done, even if it's just the educational uh, supplies they've done. Allah has come of a common terms of actually going out there and advocating for schools and creating schools. So, you know, I don't know who the presidium is. I'm not sure. Uh, again, we've talked about the Moetzes on, on this program. Uh, maybe is there something they know that we, that, that we, that they know that, that, that really, uh, seems to justify this. I don't know. Um, I guess the fact that Jonathan Rietti is on board, you know, we all know that the people who speak with an English accent uh, are able, you know, especially as you say, their mellifluous tones of their voice, and right, they are somehow a lot more effective, uh, whether it's as a broadcaster uh, or, or as a rabbi making and making a point. So maybe Rietti was was convinced, and therefore he decided to go on the stump about this. Um, uh, Again, Rieti is not a madrega, lower height than we expected, because he brings in the UN and WHO. At least the term Sora doesn't make it. You know, the plot of the Illuminati. You know, to, uh, you know, it's funny because it's like the protocols of the elders of Zion in reverse. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, uh, and if it's Askola, it's really still the Jews. <laughs> it's really some some evil Sabbateans who are somehow trying to, and what they want from it, I don't know. Um, you know I, look, my feeling is, again, I, I think a lot of these proclamations are are, are 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 noise in many places. I think that even in the in the in the tightly knit insular communities, the yeshivish communities. I'm not sure how much people are going in lockstep to what's being issued here or there. I, I think they've got their nose to the ground and they're worried about gas being, uh, you know, approaching six dollars a gallon some places, I guess, and and worried about how they're going to raise and make their next mortgage payment. And I, I think the bigger threat here is, I, I think what we're looking at, and maybe we'll have another program about this, is the 
the amount of yeshivas is not going to be sustainable. If this inflation keeps up, there's going to have to be, like we talked about in 2008, there's going to have to be a, uh, uh, a, a, a way to reform those mostas because there can't be as many as there are being supported in that way. So, so I think there is a threat here, but I think the threat is more uh, whoever you want to blame. If you want to blame Biden uh, in particular or his, his fumbling administration, whatever it is, don't necessarily, I don't know, looking for blame isn't going to help. I think we are heading for a crisis. And I think this financial crisis is going to uh, be very, very difficult. Uh, and and it's, it's layered with the, the the paranoia of the health crisis and everything else. So in 2008, I don't know, I, we weren't as jaundiced. And I, I, now that it's about, you know, 14 years later, I don't know if we can take another uh, punch to the solar plexus in the same way and, and really make it. What do you say? I don't, the, the system is, uh, has some remarkable resilience despite the fact that we have no idea how it actually functions. Maybe Havai, uh, because Baruch will give Siyat and Dishmaya, but uh, certainly this is not the way, uh, uh, this is not the way one would assume that most of the people in the system could make a Parnosa if they're not getting basic. Not talking about, chem- they don't forget about chemistry, forget about biology, forget about physics, forget about trigonometry, about calculus, even about algebra. But if you're not going to get basic skills of vocabulary, reading, writing, and mathematics, and as much as that, really, you need some training in economics too. Uh, you know, I don't know a thing about economics. Unfortunately, my kids. Oh, wait, there's something you don't know a thing about. Um, yes. But, wow. Uh, uh, one second. Uh, let, let me let me let me mark this as a as a red letter day on Lad Baomer. Bechafer admits he knows on a certain subject that isn't sports. That he knows nothing about. Wow. Okay. It's, hopefully, we'll push back a little bit based on my uh, involvement with the Hasidic world lately. Uh, you know, and I mentioned the Satmarov, the Satmar rabbis, the Satmar Rabbonim. I'm not sure how to refer to them. Uh, the, I call them the Sigeter sons, but okay. They at least have a certain principled um, way of what they're going to take from the government. And also, uh, they've pushed for um, what we would call vocational training. For the Hever who aren't going to be Rabbonim, who aren't going to be Boiskim, and they've been somewhat successful in that. Now, you're right, to be, to manage a plumbing business, you need to have, as you said, a knowledge of economics. You have to know what's a good, what's a good business model and, and, and to follow. So there needs to be at least someone who speaks Yiddish, who can talk to the plumber who speaks Yiddish, who could say, look, I'll be your business manager and we'll try to make it work out. But I, but I do think that there is something, uh, there is a model there. And, 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 and we know, let me put it even more blunter. We know that one of the arguments for um, lo- loosening the immigration laws is that there's many, uh, there's many jobs that are filled in the United States by immigrants who we know are basically illegal, right? And that is a lot of the, uh, a lot of the home management, a lot of the uh, gardening and, 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 and other types of uh, landscapers. We know that that is, uh, this might be a nice area for Hebra to, to be encouraged to go into, because it's Avoida B'yadayim, and it's a very kosher Avoida, right? And I'm not talking about Pesach Learner and, and, and Hebra, you know, get Yeshiva light to get 
their college degrees based on yeshiva uh, credits, et cetera, and, you know, and, and, and take the exams to become lawyers. That's another possibility. But for the Chesidish Hefever that we're talking about, I think there are options which are organically growing. As the Hasidic communities are moving, and, and I, as I've, talk, I've talked on this program about the Hasidic community in Union, in Linden, uh, the Jersey City community that Nebuch suffered. So I think there's going to be an, an inherent infrastructure for Hasidic Hefever to have Parnosa. Uh, and I don't know if it necessarily needs the, the Lamude Chol training that New York State, or maybe now New Jersey, uh, demands that they have. Um, we know, look, there's always going to be uh, cra- bad apples, but we know there's something about the, 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 the Kedush of the, of the life of a Chosid that means that they are going to be productive and they're not just going to be Ledegus. They're not just going to, uh, you know, uh, siphon and destroy society. They, the, the, and I think there's something there. I, I, again, I don't know what the answer is, but I think that there are ways that good, edu- not educational, but good vocational opportunities can present themselves. And as both you and I have taught in schools that had Hasidic dropouts, wouldn't it have been great to put in their hands uh, a hammer, a nail, uh, a bus, a saw, or something, and uh, it would be gishmak. And, and, and if it would be conventional, as opposed to, oh, that's for the guy who's off the derech completely, I think you would be able to get a lot of good blue-collar Weissazokin workers. Yeah, it'd be great. If there, again, I, uh, the, the efforts at that are very small and far, far between. And even things like, um, you know, Turo has his Makona Parnosa, which are popular in the Hasidic community, drop in the buckets. Um, but uh, I, think, I think what alarmist ideology and statements do is paralyze people from actually acting and changing. Because then we just tumulzuch about what was, what are they saying now? And what's the Xayra today? And what's going on? You know, and I, it becomes counterproductive. Sometimes when you fill the airwaves with ideas and they keep on hearing it, you end up doing nothing, right? You just end up talking about, okay, what's, what's, the, what's the latest thing? And we, have we staved off the Xayra? Not? I sort of compare this, I don't know why, to one of my favorite little Hasidic jokes. Um, you know, as we know that... Um, Chassidim uh, are, are very invested in Sfiras Ha'imer. Uh, the Rebbe's who make brachas on Sfiras Ha'imer before the very uh, Slavistic Yerotzins that they, three minutes till you get from Baruch to the word Oimer. And then, of course, the Yoim. So we know that this is really something that, uh, and, and even the Sidurim, that the standard, even I think the Art Scrolls Siddur, has the Sfiras uh, described there for people to look in. And it, to me, you know, we talk, uh, it's interesting, a, a, a good Chesidah Shaletz once said, after the Rebbe had counted Oimer with such a slavos, and people were saying it, so he went over to his friend and said, no, in other words, <laughs> in other words, the point is, you know, you make a huge deal about it. It ends up becoming, you know, something. Yeah, right, this is what it's about, right? Which one are we? Which sphere have we violated, right? The, I think it's more like, you know, obviously you can work behind the scenes, do what you can, and and try to get these maestas to follow a model that other chesedish maestas have been successful in doing. 
you know, I, I was, when, when I was in this field, there were Chassidish uh, uh, principals who spoke to me like real educators. And they really understood, despite the fact they had a long abort and they knew Chassidish HaMachshava and that they, that they would allow any sort of taruvais uh, of, but they understood the importance of, 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 uh, of being a productive member of society, and for at least in the elementary school level, I couldn't can't talk to high school level. They understood how important it was for their students to be to be good at it, not right, and, and to actually to care. And, and many of the Chassidish Shemaistas specifically looked for teachers that it was it was bucking the the trend, but looked for teachers who actually weren't just a joke. They looked for teachers who had beards, teachers who they could look at Tamir Chachamim, teachers that they would call Rebbe. So this is really, you know, it's a lie that 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 if you go into the Frum schools, that it's all, you know, it's, there's much to change. But I think the tendency from where I'm looking at it has been to actually upgrade to a point that, um, you know, it, it's something really to marvel at, at how successful they've been able to, can, can learn up a belt. If you know how to teach them, if you give them the right environment, they can become incredible. You know, you know, you know, to, to, and, and therefore, I, I really think the elementary schools, if they follow a certain path, a certain model, they could have very solid. The rabbeim could still do the solid job they're doing, and the mudechol can also be done in a way that the kids are very accomplished at the end. I don't know. That's what Randolph said to you is a very important point that should be emphasized. That's uh, you know, the, uh, in, in expanding the horizons, at least in a rudimentary way, expands the horizons. It doesn't take away from Torah. And, and, and it allows us to really be the Am Hanifchar, to be the Am Lechas Koyanim Kodesh, because you know, that much will take from our Yeki friends, for sure. I want to add one more thing to that. Uh, Specifically about Derech Halimud, and I don't remember if I heard this from um, from one of the Abayim Chavad Time Rabbi Nyman. I came up with this on my own, but um, you need to, to be a, a the big lamdin. You need a big vocabulary. If you don't have a big vocabulary, you can't define things properly, and you resort to using the same phrases and not being able to differentiate. And uh, the people who are functionally illiterate in three languages, Hebrew, Yiddish, and English, which is what much of the Yeshiva system uh, certainly got really right, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I think, the, uh, again, it's another red-letter day where a nice vart, you were misup of whether you had said it or not, and you weren't machria that you had said it. So that's another great accomplishment for today. I've got to remember. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Anivus is somehow seeking sinking into you in some in some time. You have to teach a person to swim. The only way he's going to know what the word elaborate is versus the word fancy, or the difference between erudite and knowledgeable, is by actually reading about it. Because unlike uh, principles that I've had that just said give them these words and have them have a test on it, it's only by actually reading a story where those words are in play. The same way in Gemara. You can't just give a, 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 a student in Gemara key Gemara phrases. Oh, here's Itmar, here's Ibo Zema, right? And now this is what that means. 
the way you do it is by being in the sugya. Similarly, there's enough great literature and reading material out there that allows uh, these phrases and in all their complexity to come to life. They can only come to life if the student is actually shaku in something. All right, be careful about what you give them uh, to read. But if you're giving them, you know, there's enough in Jack London, there's enough in Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, there's enough in Twain to basically allow someone, as you said, to gain a uh, an aspect of expansion of his mind in terms of understanding those differences. And look, is, is there any doubt that 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 once you understand those differences, that you're going to also, as you say, be a lamdin and understand complexities, but also understand Tyra better? Because you're going to be able to, I, you're making me think now that maybe part of the Seamus Hunter Duffin explosion of the 19th century was not just, well, you know, we got to get people back to Chumash. It might have been actually jump-started by Rabbanim that were more, that were thinking in a more secular type of style. Now you, you know, obviously, Yaakov Tzvi Mecklenburg was not that way, but there was part of him that was very drawn to it. And if we talk about Shadal, and we talk about the Malbim and others, here are people who, who, who actually created a new, something that was basically dormant since the time of the Middle Ages, which was, what do the words really mean? And, and to separate one from the other. And that, of course, allows beautiful lumdas to happen as well, because then you can actually take those back to the sugya and you can understand, yeah, what is an avela? What is a trefa? Let's go back to the shayrish amila in that way. So Interesting I, connection you're making between the, 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 the Malbim and the, uh, the, the Shashbal Hirsch and the, um, the, the Shafa Kabbalah. Yeah, oh, this Homa Halak and the... And Shadal. And Shadal and the of the scientific sort of method and the uh, right because you know? it, yeah you see yeah you should say good I learned something from these encounters we call to yes yes but look we, listen I do try to represent quality and in that way uh, the one of the quality things that I hope to represent, other than risk of the rice, is of course uh, the A and H product line. Which, look, summer's on the way. I, I can smell even through the airwaves the charcoal on everyone's grill. There's nothing better, of course, than the standard hot dog, uh, but also the, the the sausages, which, as I said, you they they are bursting with flavor. And they are going to go quickly for all your uh, guests. That's over and above, of course, all the great other provisions, including the patties and the pastrami plates, the beef fry plates. These are things that um, you don't even know that some of the best caterers in the whole North America are making use of our products, which are consistently of the highest quality. And I can tell you the types of uh, incredible gymnastics economically that the people who pay me are going through in order to keep the prices within reach of the average Jewish consumer. So take advantage, my friends. Um, and I, I think that you will not. Be-
disappointed. Well, that's about it, my friends. We shall see you hopefully next week. The Xeris shouldn't come down too hard on us. The Rabbani Shalom should give us a solo from all these types of um, Xeris, whether they are the Xeris that are true or imagined. We should have the Yishev Adas to be able to continue. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.